Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Class is in session, and today we're heading to the teacher's lounge at Thor's Branch Campus for a bit of a break. As always, I'm your host, Scott White, also known as Professor RPG, and this week I have the pleasure of welcoming back to the university the voice actor behind the Ashen Chevalier Rienschwarzer, Gunvolt, Kai Kiske, and so many more, Sean Chiplock. Welcome back to RPG University. Great to have you back. Uh, how have you been? Why are you me back to school? I graduated like 11 years ago. I don't want to study. I know, it's, it's been a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I still, I still random, not nearly as often as I did a decade ago, but I still sporadically have dreams about like showing up to a class and then realizing I didn't study for the exam or that there was some project that we were supposed to work on over the last several weeks that I didn't even start. Why brain? It's wild. It's wild. And like, it just doesn't go away. I still get the same at, at 35 and it's, it's. It's wild, and I can't imagine what it's like having voiced a teacher, uh, then going back and, and all that. But yes, we are here because recently Trails into Reverie, the latest entry of the Legend of Hero game released, I reviewed it over on Our Rational Passions. Um, and it is, as far as we know right now, um, the last appearance of Reen Schwarzer, a character that you brought to life, gave voice to in the West, over like basically need, I, a decade ago i feel like point. i need to homer simpson that and go reen's last appearance so far <laughs> right well the <laughs> Le- legend of heroes games you, you reen will i have no doubt appear later on in some future game he's uh, like a stan lee cameo he's contractually obligated to show up at oh, least yeah. once in every future game that happens at this point something uh but yeah i mean we, but yes we are here to talk a bit about Re- reen of course and kind of how you've grown as a voice actor and approach reen over the past decade but also just like your growth as a voice actor in general i mean you have you are in final fantasy 7 integrate as nero you have been in jojo you are in octopath you are in guilty gear you you have landed so many giant amazing roles you (sighs) hell you've been spider-man for god's sake that's true. And, Although I think I'm in the uh, the only Spider-Man that has been uh what's what's the word? Uh delisted, canceled, whatever the term is for a game <laughs> that is no longer in service. So uh i'm kind of well, that hit. wasn't your fault though that I, was i don't but... know it, it might be considering <laughs> you know you do want to talk about the console exclusivity so maybe not me directly as a person <laughs> but i may be tangentially related to uh the the waning popularity of a certain project uh but you've you've done so many fantastic things so um what's i guess just to start off with what was it like recording kind of like knowing that your time for the foreseeable future as was kind of over 
You know, I I don't know if my brain ever approached it from from the aspect of, oh, this is it. This is the last one, you know, partially because of, you know, the the uh, inside or the running joke of, you know, Reen showing up in more and more projects over yeah. time. I'm almost confident before I knew about Reverie, I had the same confidence that Trails of Cold Steel 4 was the last time because, come on, being mm-hmm. the uh, either fake out or def- uh, definite protagonist of four games in a row um even even tales of didn't do stuff like that uh so uh and i think even metal gear solid uh by the fifth game they had replaced some of the major actors so it's like this has to be the last one for sure (laughs) um i think i the reason why i wasn't so wrapped up in in the knowledge that it might be the last time that i voiced reen or it might be his last adventure or the last time with him in the spotlight was because by the third game in particular uh the big highlight for me had been showcasing both to myself and to eventually audiences as a whole um the growth that had happened not only to reen as a character but to myself as an actor because uh reen is to my knowledge the only example i have of a character that basically uh grew alongside with me over the course of literally a decade if not super close to a decade um and and I had told this story many different times, but, you know, I told people, you know, in the first game, my my battle call outs were really good, but my story reads were eh, they had space to grow. <laughs> and I was like in the second game, it was weird because I focused so much on doing better in the story that the story bits sound really good. But the battle bits sound like he aged 15 years for for no reason at all. He smoked those uh, cigarettes. Darling. I did, man. He went deep in those battle <laughs> call outs. Uh, but starting around Cold Steel 3 and then especially in Cold Steel 4, it was like, hey, uh, I've had more time to to really find a or strike a balance between the two. And I'm really happy with what I did in Cold Steel 3. And then 4 came along and I was like, I'm even more happy with what I did with Cold Steel 4. And now we're into Reverie. And I know it's it sounds like a broken record at this point, but there's you can find clips online of uh, my performance in Cold Steel 1 versus Trails into Reverie. And it is redonkulous, the difference between those two. It is it is so weird to realize that those are the same person. Um, and that's kind of the angle that I took with it was not so much, oh, my God, it's my last forays, Reen, uh, potentially, but, oh, my God, like, here is the culmination of everything I have learned as an actor in the time since I recorded for the first game. How cool is that? Yeah, it's... I can't imagine, like, like you mentioned, you so much of your career it seems like grew up alongside reen like reen has been a very like constant kind of companion uh right along with you and just for listeners the bit we'll touch on a bit of spoilers into regarding into reverie um but into reverie kind of did something very interesting specifically with reen and the antagonist also of the game ishmael garin uh what was your approach and how was it for you to for so long with through so many of these games you dealt with a character that like was the bedrock of the team the the inspirational speaker it was even poked fun at like how was it to take this in a version of this inspirational character that was always steadfast and like relied at like when going got tough he hunkered down and got through to to do a version of this character that that had cracked that had kind of fallen what was kind of that approach for you um to almost like completely turn reen 
on his on his head and and are we talking more about kind of the the i don't want to say possessed but the the feral reen in cold steel 4 are we talking about like the uh internally depressed reen in trails in the reverie um the the reen that had been kind of taken over by the end boss of cold steel like that had been created or whatever because right 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 that had basically in a in a other timeline which conveniently was how i initially ended uh my run of cold steel 4 like he sacrificed himself right right and stuff and then came back as this corrupted kind of reen that had lost that age that never-ending fight with the the evil spirit so i guess kind of possessed reen right um so i've been doing my best to learn a lot of of techniques while taking workshops this year and one of the ones we hear pretty often is is substitution um, which is, you know, obviously in some of these fantastic worlds and fantastic roles, you may not be able to one for one be like, I lived through this exact experience that mm-hmm. I'm pretending to perform as. So you want to try and find an equivalent uh, that you can substitute and say, this is a similar situation that made me feel the way that I feel that I believe this character is feeling in this moment. Um, and so that's why it was interesting to portray that side of Rain is because... Um, there are times in my career where it feels like I am a workhorse robot, where I only exist to fulfill a purpose or to meet someone else's need, you know, uh, and that's that's not a dig on this, you know, appointment or interview or anything no. at all. I wouldn't have signed up if I wasn't willing to make the time for it. But the idea that, like, when you look between the obligations that you have and the people that you need to meet with and the auditions that you have to do and the freelance that's waiting for you and, and knowledge that, Oh, I, I can't even reasonably start this personal thing that I want to do for myself because I'd have to put this other thing off. And professionally that doesn't sit well with me. Um, and for me that can result in me feeling a little drained spiritually where it's like, I, uh, no longer, I don't want to say deserve, but I no longer reasonably have any opportunity to do something for myself. Uh, I should just resign myself. I'm getting somewhere with this, I promise. No, um, it's great. I should I should just resign myself to the fact that I currently exist to uh, help everybody else, you know, for better or for worse. Um, and that, that was the kind of place that I visited when playing this version of Reen, who has just kind of, whether he's using it as an excuse or whether he's actually seeing that as the future for himself, uh, has decided that... That is his purpose, whether that's what it always was or that's what it has become because of his actions that he must now take responsibility for is going, um, I'm alone in this venture and what I need to do can't really be helped by anybody else, just as just as a matter of course. Mm-hmm. So I might as well resign myself to my fate and make sure I do this the best that I can, because if I can't even do this right, then who am I, you know? Um so it, it was a little painful to have to visit that in a in a much more extreme context, but very interesting to see the parallels between something that we would dis- uh, decidedly say is a little bit more shonen, a little bit more anime yeah. than usual, uh, and the real life situations that can create similar feelings, which at the end of the day, that's what all of these stories, whether it's trails or a different project series are about, is about telling relatable stories that make the characters seem human and and uh uh identifiable to us as an audience even if they literally are not human Mm -hmm. interesting uh that yeah it was such an interesting dichotomy especially and i'm curious if you ever because i know or i i've heard a lot of times that you there won't be multiple voice actors and like playing off each other in 
like game recordings and stuff when you are recording against yourself do you like flip-flop or do you do like all of normal reen's lines then all of like evil reen's lines oh we definitely we definitely do all of one character types lines first and then switch the other one for for two reasons one is because obviously it makes it easier to stay consistent with the voice because you have immediate reference of the line that you did before um but also because uh, the throat being a muscle if you are constantly jumping between one type of sound and another type of sound back and forth and back and forth um doing that consistently is going to wear it down a lot faster so it's not only for for efficiency in terms of recording the lines but it's for efficiency in terms of not destroying my throat (laughs) uh on a much faster basis um and risking you know not getting to work on it for or uh, yes work on it for as long or needing to take longer breaks or even having to delay future sessions because i need to vocally rest okay that makes sense um i hadn't thought of thought of it that way but yeah that makes sense um i'm curious like in the convenient years since you started with reen and even since cold steel 4 you've done a lot more characters you like a lot more dynamic and different characters hey, are there any other um, new roles that you have been involved in that you have either taken like something you've learned from them and kind of maybe incorporate it into Reen or vice versa um, in future performances, I guess? Um, just making sure I understand. You said, is there anything that I that I picked up along the way or developed uh, with through working on Reen that I took with me to future performances? Or vice versa, like it's something you did like Definitely. with Kai. It's like, oh, I really like how I kind of adopted this. I think I can yeah, kind of adjust uh, it into Reen or vice versa. Definitely more on the vice versa, but I do have an example for both. Um, uh, when I was coming back for Reen in the later games, uh, I had been working on this game called, I think it was Arcadia Fallen. I'm going to look it up real quick and make sure I didn't mess this up. Uh, our... Arcadia, is it called Arcadia Fallen? It is. So there was a project I worked on um, called Arcadia Fallen, which was my first time being directed by Philip Bach. I don't know if you know who that is. Uh, but Philip has also done a lot of work with me, directing me on stuff like Smiter Paladins. And Philip was a super important to the growth of myself as an actor because he is the dude who had the patience to force <laughs> me to breathe in between my line reads. Like, this is a guy that that if he felt it was worth his time and effort would send you like a 20 minute video of, you know, Skyrim rain music and say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to take a five minute break. And I want you to just listen to this. Don't go anywhere. Just listen to this (laughs) and just absorb it and breathe. And then if it takes five minutes, fine. If it takes eight minutes, fine. When you are ready, when you understand the breath that you need to take, give give me the line again and it seems like an awful lot but what it taught me was that a lot of the uniqueness and performances isn't in how you choose to read the line it's in reminding yourself to breathe like a human being you know Mm -hmm. uh because sometimes we get excited and we get ahead of ourselves and we have to breathe before we say the next you know part of the sentence like i just did there um or maybe sometimes, you know, we we have a lot to say, and so we get it all out as quickly as possible and then take a, a weirder, longer-than-usual breath. Um, and it's not to say to, like, force weird breaths into your performance, but I hope what I'm getting across is it was the reminder that the the pattern of breathing and the moments that you take to just observe and, and look at the things that the viewer, that the listener uh, can't actually see 
are what kind of pattern the character's voice and and help give life to their performance. Um, and that was something I tried to incorporate in Reen, especially in Trails into Reverie. Um, there's a scene online, I don't know if you're going to be able to easily find it, but at least I know I retweeted it, where I'm kind of uh, giving in to to something that Ash Carbide had told me. And I guarantee you, if it had been one of the earlier games, I would have given a performance similar to, yeah, you're right, I, I, I relent. You know, where it's just kind of mm -hmm. very straightforward. Um, but in uh, Reverie, he thinks about it and he kind of like nods his head sagely and you can hear that in the pauses where he goes, ah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I believe, you know, like just yeah. that, that, that little bit of nuance, that little bit of change in the breathing really helps give a little bit more life to the character. Um, and on the other side, what was really funny was uh, when you mentioned that I also vi voiced Kai Kiesk in Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, that was an example. Uh, I've, funnily enough, that was one of, if not the fastest period of time between when I sent the audition and when I was notified that I was cast. Oh, uh, really? Yes. So when I, I remember when I got the audition, they said, um, we, we have you in mind for this character, but the client would like to hear a specific cadence for this character. Here's some references. Think your reen, but with more of this and less of this. So it was a case where I didn't, I, I still had to audition. It wasn't just mm -hmm. a, a given, but my, uh, one of my previous performances was already so close to the mark that they just needed me to, to do that, but make these adjustments so that I would hit what the client wanted for this character specifically. And so I, I based it on reen. Um, and as I would later tell people, I, I took kind of the swordsmanship, you know, must be the hero mm -hmm. for my people uh, aspect of Reen. But instead of uh, feeling guilty or scared of my power, it was a sense of duty and responsibility. Because, like, Kai didn't hide his power. He wasn't ashamed of it, but he understood that it was something he needed to be able to harness in order to help his people. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I made those adjustments. I sent it off. I think it was at, like... 728 or it was like 928 in the morning or something like that and 18 minutes later at 946 i got an email response that says yep that's that's good they'd like to offer you the role so <laughs> in a in an industry where i have gone literally six to eight months after an audition and been like well of course i didn't get it because there's no way that they won't have taken care of it by now and then gotten an email that said, hey, they've started up production on this on this project finally, and they'd like you for the role of blank that you auditioned for yeah. <laughs> back in last April, you know? Um, and that was definitely, this uh, was the fastest uh, that I'd ever booked something, and Reen definitely played a role in that. Oh, wow. As a long time, like, since Guilty Gear 2 Kai player, uh, hearing you, like, in seeing your announcement uh, on Twitter that you were voicing him in, in the new in Strive, it's like, hell yeah. It was um, so funny because uh, I obviously I trust that I that I gave that boy the justice he deserved. But at the time that I was recording, uh, you know, I try not to toot my own horn, especially when it comes to fighting games. I'll be like, all right, mm -hmm. he is a member of the roster. You know, he is a person yeah. that people can pick on the character selection screen. So we're going to have fun, but we're not going to act like we're, you know, the big uh, the, the big cheese around here. Right. And it wasn't until I saw like all the promo art and stuff like that. And uh, and realized that there was a lot of history between him and Soul Bad Guy. That was like, oh yeah, oh he is 
the you know out of yeah you're uh, like the ryu or ken like out of it, out of the if phrase for you you're ken right 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 out of the phrase the guys he is either the or guys he is yeah. one of the two so uh that was a very interesting experience but again i'm very proud of the performance that i gave and i feel like i i, I gave him what he needed in order to to be hype um uh, even if his definitely. super sucks according to the community <laughs> his like the whole backstory and like lore of guilty gear is so nutty um it it yeah it makes my makes my head hurt um <laughs> it, but kind of along the same lines of returning to the role like returning to reen's role and everything how was it to return to the zelda world uh with tears of the kingdom what you and know Teba and everything I know this is going to seem like an anticlimactic answer, but it was definitely nowhere near as involved or like, or I don't want to say special, but it was nowhere near as, mm -hmm. uh, uh, what are we up to now as it was for like the DLC of Breath of the Wild or especially Age of Calamity, because the Great Deku Tree had always just kind of been there as like a guiding force for like one of the major themes mm -hmm. of each game. You know, his his job was to tell Link, you know, I'm protecting the Master Sword. Here's the history of of what occurred in Hyrule, and here's yeah. what you need to do to save the day, which in Breath of the Wild was a very novel thing. In Age of Calamity, it was more of the <laughs> same, but kind of focused on collecting, you know, the, the Master Sword and like, mm -hmm. you know, here's where you need to go in order to get the power for this. But in Tears of the Kingdom, we're like, I know, Gramps, we know what the program is. We did it the first time. Yep, just... Gotta have X number of hearts or I die on the spot because you're really weird about how you give kids $100 for their birthday. Um, <laughs> um, and, and Teba just decided not to talk at all. Like, his full performance in Tears of the Kingdom is uh, goes as far as... Mm. <laughs> you know like i'm pretty yeah. sure you know you know that old video of like the parent that walks in on the baby just absolutely covered in peanut butter and mm -hmm. she's like are you having fun and he looks towards her and goes uh right I, i'm pretty <laughs> sure he had more like on camera time than teba did in tears of the kingdom <laughs> he had more of a performance than teba did um and then of course i did have a third character the rito uh sage who is not rivali or teba um but the legally distinct the uh, legally distinct who, who has uh a one word line that is so iconic i can't repeat it because that'd probably make this into an 18 plus podcast based on how <laughs> the internet responded to it so all things considered compared or at least in comparison to my performance as the characters in other games tears of the kingdom was was more of the it felt like the the full house or all in the family celeb cameo where i show up and do some stuff and everyone in the audience goes <laughs> Yeah, it's the, so much that I'm just it's on. the thing that they the network would like tout and like hype up for like months, like the entire season. You're this returning this Thursday it's like, at 8 p.m. Don't miss the reappearance of Teba. <sighs> yeah, and it's just Teba opens like a like the front door says the the catchphrase and then right. He, just, he does the he does the I don't know you and everyone's like yeah he said the <laughs> he line. said the thing he said the thing. <laughs> I'll take that paycheck. You know. <laughs> um. So one question I had, like, getting uh, circling back to Reen, what was it like? Because you had, I don't know if you had recorded Reverie by this point. You had definitely like it's post Cold Steel Four. What was it like going back, um, and recording a younger version of Reen in the Northern Steel kind of the anime? 
I actually did not voice Rain in the anime. IMDB lied. <laughs> um, I was slated to record for the anime. Um, there was some unexpected changes behind the scenes where uh, just it turned out that there was a, something standing in the way that I needed to take care of before a lot of us could safely record on that, in part because um, Val and the team at PCB had worked so hard to flip at Union. And so it is, it is, uh, it was important to us that we be able to keep the Project Union because there's not really a precedent for something going Union and then going back mm -hmm. to non-Union and having the same exact cast. So we did our best. It's, it's. Uh, I don't want to say it was our fault, but we did our best to try and work it out so that we would be able to come back and record. Unfortunately, just because of the timing of when we found out and and the timing of uh, how quickly that those episodes need to be out, because I believe it was like a simul dub schedule or a simulcast, um, we just weren't able to resolve it in time. And so for our safety, we had to step down. So this is not to throw any shade on the people who stepped in. In fact, I think it's very funny because the person who ended up stepping into voice Reen uh, was, uh, oh God, I know who this is. Hold on. Um... Eric Vale. That's right. It's Eric Vale, which was funny to me because uh, there was a point in the past where I kind of took over for Eric Vale unofficially because uh, Dragon Ball Super at one point had two different dubs. It had the main dub, as I refer to it, and it had the Southeast Asia dub, which was specifically for foreign markets. Um, and I voiced Future Trunks very I briefly. I saw that. Very, yeah. Don't bring it up. I'll, I'll explain why in a second. Um, <laughs> I'm proud of it, but don't bring it up. Um, I voiced Future Trunks very briefly, like all of two two lines, no, two efforts and one line in the Southeast Asia dub between when I, when I started and when it got discontinued. So it feels only right that after <laughs> metaphorically stepping on Eric's toes that he got to come back and do the same to me by taking over for Reen for the anime. Um, the future trunks thing i i don't bring up simply because uh since those two dubs were running concurrently there was a point where some of the actors in the southeast asia dub were announcing their roles and it was causing confusion among uh the fan base where it's like well wait does that mean you replace the official voice actor for so and so yeah and i say official because let's mm -hmm. be real the other one had been running for far longer at this point yeah and 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 while it wasn't necessarily under our control it's not like these actors were lying by announcing their roles uh <laughs> it did create a little bit of animosity between characters of some or uh, between voice actors of some characters because of the confusion it was causing for the fan base so given the fact that i literally only had two sfx lines and a single spoken line and that the other dub had been around for way longer like i was not interested in in confusing people and like <laughs> causing any undue stress for eric so i i was happy to be like just pretend it didn't exist i just came in and i did my job and he is the official voice actor for this character i am a-okay with that i have plenty else you know on my on my resume to be proud of which made it difficult when for like a period of two two and a half years it felt like every convention under the sun that was searching up for cool roles that sean has done that we can advertise and market and put on our banners <laughs> included future trunks i swear to god it got to a point where every time i was like Please, there's so many others. Why? Just do Dong and Rampa. Do Dong and Rampa, Breath of the Wild, and Re Zero. That's it. Yeah. That's all you need. You know. <laughs> so it's yeah, a, it's I like, saw that. It's like, like a like, rule oh, now oh. where I have to do a shot every yeah. time Future Trunks is brought up without um without, if it's not part of an interview or something like that. Uh, well, 
that was interesting. I had no idea that you had even done that little one until I went on IMDb to just get a list and see like everything you've done in the convenient 10 years. And it was such a long list. Um, <laughs> but it, what was it like? Um, I guess voicing Nero in in the seven integrate DLC, like a character from a, a very hyped up character. Like the appearance was really good. And I love the performance that you went with it. Um, but what a surprise in like, that's, that was pretty sweet. This, I feel like this was a tough one. Um, I was being directed by Kirk Thornton for this one. And I remember that for final fantasy and for remake and integrate in particular, they were leaning towards, uh, at least in the English dub, a more grounded theatrical performance they were not interested in going as over the top as as performers often did in the japanese and this was like a distinct choice for the uh the english dub in comparison to the japanese of that same game um which is interesting when you're talking about a character like nero who for all intents and purposes pardon my french is a little batshit compared to the rest of the cast he's got some stuff Uh, he's working through he's got some stuff i i tempered it by saying okay what if what if we approach it from the angle of rather than being someone who went crazy because of the darkness if he embraced it and got consumed by it as a matter of survival you know what i mean like he Mm -hmm. was someone who was being experimented on tested on so what if instead of it breaking him he said i refuse to be broken by this and he became so proficient with it that that's where the intimidation that's where the fear comes from is that here's this man stoically floating or standing in front of you with all of this weird crap happening and you're like the only reason someone would act this calm in front of me is because they know their shit right Mm -hmm. um and that's that's a different kind of fear that's fear because you don't know what they're capable of and they do rather than fear because neither of you knows what they're going to do next um and so uh, it was it was interesting to portray a character like that because when you had to do a more grounded performance and when you now had a character that was way more established than they were in their original appearances, yes, they had prior voice actors, prior vocal performances, but you couldn't really pull from those because it was such a it was a different time, it was a different genre, it was a different uh, approach to the character. So you couldn't you couldn't rely on it very much because then you risked you know just repeating it, so to speak. Um, so I had to rely on Kirk a lot and, and, and kind of, uh, listen to his guidance and, and remember that this was really a case of less is more. Even now, I, I don't know if I, uh, portrayed that as well as I would have wanted to, but with each iteration, with the, with each time that I came back, especially if I was able to hear other actors' performances before giving my own, it did help me, uh, settle myself into, okay, here's the baseline. Here's, here's the general range that a lot of people in this game are approaching with their characters so as long as i can get the mannerisms of my character down and stay within that range we can we can create something that sounds like it belongs in this world so cool man i I love how you like your approach and how the voice directors and everything work with you to really nail all these roles you've done it's um you have such range (laughs) It's a collaborative effort. It really is. And I'm super grateful, like, whether it was with um, uh, Nero or whether it was with uh, Rivali, there's definitely been characters where it's like, I I, I sort of understand what I need to do for this character, but I'm not quite hitting it. I'm going to just hand the reins over to 
the engineer and the director and let them guide me where I need to go. And then when I'm ready, I can take it back and kind of chart my own course. But uh, voiceover is very much a collaborative community effort between everyone that is in, in the booth at the time. And I'm, I'm so grateful to have people who care so much about the project the same way that I do that are willing to work with me so that I sound my best. Well, it it's a damn good team effort that you've been a part of. You've been uh, constantly surprised, uh, surprising, and always always excited to see when your when your name is on a on a cast list. Um, <laughs> with kind of like just more of like a funny uh, question, with all the characters you've voiced, mm-hmm. if you could in almost like a Gollum esque back and forth. What of your other characters would you have the most fun, like, talking to Reen? Most fun, like in a gom, like one version would be Reen, and then you'd instantly do the other person. Like, which would be the most fun for you? I think probably Zank, because Zank kind of embodies the entire reverse of the values that allow Reen to not lose himself in Four, and especially in Reverie, where uh, Reen kind of comes to the understanding of yes, you know. People are capable of terrible things. I may have this terrible power within me, but it's it's what I do with it that determines who I am. And the bonds between people are what define our legacies and stuff like that. And that's how he kind of finds his inner strength and comes to rely on those around him. Whereas Zank, he he is so bloodthirsty and he's so ruthless because he genuinely believes that people are uh, irredeemable, you know, that they are... Uh, have a penchant for violence that they the only thing that stops them from doing terrible things is that there's punishment for them and he delights in seeing other people crack and be pushed to their limits and how they react to that so in a way he's kind of like a, a, a different version of reen the side of reen that is ready to just give up and say you know this world is a crapshoot and I'm the only one who has the ability to to make it better, but I have to sacrifice myself to do it. So why not? You know, let's condemn ourselves to it. Um, and I think it'd be really interesting to see if he still acts that way when it's a completely different person that is putting that in front of him rather than himself, you know? Mm-hmm. Very nice. So the last that we got uh, timeline-wise with Reen is in kind of just like an, a little visual novel aspect of uh, that you unlock at the end of Trails into Reverie where he gets uh, basically his butt kicked by an, a divine blade out in Calvert. His Tachi gets shat, like cut in half um, and he goes to reforge it. So whenever you come back, uh, you'll have a cool new sword. But like, <laughs> how, would, how would you approach, like what would older, like mid-20s, like early 30s reen sound? probably like this <laughs> you yeah, know just like um i think uh, you know we can part of part of the change to his voice over the course of the games was just because it is a little bit on on the i don't want to call it the edgy side but it is mm-hmm. anime you know at the end of the day yeah. it's a little bit larger than life um but you have to understand a lot of the basis that i did for his voices across the four games was you know cold steel one reen is is very uh he's full of optimism and he's excited to go to this school because he wants to learn he wants to improve himself as a warrior uh cold steel two reen is still kind of young but he's got that breathiness because a lot has happened and there's the whirlwind um you know cold steel three reen has uh taken on some of that baritone because now he has to be an instructor he has to be not necessarily a father figure but he has to be the mentor for a bunch of kids you know so Mm -hmm. to speak um 
and then Cold Steel Four kind of goes on to be it's it's if you notice if you I have you you've played the four games right oh yeah I I've played so the, the series you probably noticed right away that Cold Steel Three played a lot like Cold Steel One Cold Steel Four played a lot like Cold Steel Two you had the same themes of yeah. uh, uh, reconvening with characters that you'd lost sight of uh in two and four you had the same thing of attending classes uh over several weeks and then having field studies in one and three it was very much mm -hmm. the the star wars formula the way that seven eight nine kind of followed the original trilogy so to speak yeah um and so in in one and three you know he was he had a role to take on whether that was student or whether that was mentor in two and four that role was being challenged by everything going on around him so you had uh, a similar base in terms of pitch, but with that that slight exhaustion, whether it was exhaustion from being separated from everyone that he knew um, or exhaustion from trying to figure out who he is and what he does with his life from this point. Um, and it came to a head in Reverie where you kind of get a little bit of both, where you have both Loreen who has uh, reobtained some of his youthfulness because he understands, you know, he's kind of, he's become at peace with himself and... Lorene, who has given up and has allowed the, the war-torn aspect of himself to take over and is ready for it all to end because he's just so tired. He's so, so tired. Um, Getting too old for this shit. You know, like that right, lethal weapon line. Right, right. The middle gear. So that's why I, that's why I thought it was cool is because uh, Reverie allowed me to explore both sides of Reen in that regard at the same time and still get to bring into the fold all of the learning and improving that I had done uh, as an actor in the time leading up to it. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it's... They... Cold Steel and uh, Reverie definitely uh, kick Reen while he's down a few times. <laughs> he's definitely peeing a little blood. Um, but what is a dream franchise that you would love to eventually work in? Uh, at Train Odyssey, it's not. It's not even a that, question. That's that's it was so yep. funny because at the convention I was at this past weekend, uh, which I'm already forgetting because I'm stupid. Uh, uh, 2D Con. Um, I had to go use the bathroom or something like that, and my partner was sitting at my table, <laughs> and someone comes up to the table and they're like, "Hey, I had a question for him," and uh, she's like, "Well, he'll be back very very soon, but." go ahead and ask me because i feel like i know him well enough that i can tell you exactly what he would say and you can see if i'm right when he comes back and the person asked like if he could be a part of any franchise that he's not already a part of what would it be and why um and she answered verbatim she's like oh it's it's he would say etrian odyssey and he would say he wants to be one of the male voice types and here's why blah 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 and i come <laughs> back and and he uh she has me answer the question and it is verbatim exactly what she had told this person because the other person turns to her and it's like oh my god you were right so <laughs> I, I go ahead thinking back ahead. that no i was just gonna say thinking back that's a very perfect uh i should have known that uh, right just with your streams and everything so so yeah at least i'm consistent with my answers you know but i yeah. would love to be a a selectable male voice type so that um whatever adventure you're going on if i'm allowed to be or if i end up being a part of your party then i can just do that exploration with you and help protect you as you go through the labyrinth like i don't need to be a story character i just want to be part of your story so to speak 
What have you thought about the HD uh, re-releases they've done? I'm super excited. Like, I'm having a blast playing through two. Uh, it's interesting commenting on the stuff I remember from Nexus and the stuff that's brand new to me. And even in terms of three, um, uh, I've done. I've already, in advance of Etrian Odyssey 3, done something that I had never done for the game before, even though it's it's been heavily based around this, and that is that I have crafted lore for why each member of my planned party for Etrian Odyssey 3 is there and why they're in that place, whether they are a new character or a returning character from a previous game. So I am super excited for when we start Etrian Odyssey 3 because I have an entire mini story similar to like Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves of everyone has a reason why they're here. It's not just because I wanted it to be named after this person. Oh, how cool. Are you going to do like, uh, I love the stuff you did with when you had your discord people and yourself do, uh, uh, the voice or like a live dub of the Phoenix Wright games and everything. Are you planning to do like a little like prequel before Etrian Odyssey three? Like mm, those, those will come back little... eventually, but they went on hiatus for two reasons. One was because we had done like two live dubs back to back and I was exhausted with the amount mm -hmm. of work that was going on. Two was because our game backlog had grown so big that it was like, I need to finish up these games by the time Etrian Odyssey comes out. So <coughs> we may be oh, well, I... dry throat. I'm going to hide. It's right all good. Like, I'm getting ahead of myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We may be approaching a point where um, live dubs or multiplayer Mondays may be able to come back. That's the other thing is because I, I in, uh, instilled a rule for myself where I was like, I we will either be doing a live dub or be doing multiplayer Mondays, but not both at the same time because mm -hmm. they are community events that I have to organize each week. Uh, and it's very exhausting to do one, let alone two. And we have not had multiplayer Mondays come back for quite some time. Um because of the schedule catch-up that I was talking about. Yeah. So I, it would feel unfair to go and do another live dub without bringing Multiplayer Mondays back for a period of time. But as an example, this uh, starting in September, I am home for all of two days every week before the end of September, before I uh, travel back out again. So I... Uh, I don't, I don't have the time, man. I've yeah, got no, so got to rest. I'm telling you right now, right right after this interview is done, I probably have four to five hours of auditions waiting for me that are all due today, if not slightly late. I think most of them are due by like 2, 3 p.m., but I've got a lot of work ahead of me, a lot of catch-up work. Um, and then I have to, I might not even get to stream tonight because it's sounding like I've got a throat ripper tomorrow morning and potentially tomorrow afternoon um and so i gotta conserve my my voice for that and i can't i can't be doing stuff like live dubs or multiplayer mondays on top of that so who knows yeah. you know well uh i love your i loved your i have loved excuse me your etrian streams and hearing like the passion you have for those series i'd love to get you on next year whenever uh to just gush about those games but because of I know your busy schedule and we're already about the 45 minute mark um, won't keep you any longer. Um, but I, just thank you for a taking time out of your crazy busy schedule to come on and, and chat again um, and just doing such great work. And I can't wait until we hear uh, Reen again down the line sometime making his surprise <laughs> Six seasons and a movie let's yeah. go a hundred yeah. years Reen Schwarzer <laughs> exactly but um 
Sean, thank you so, so much. And thank you for turning uh, me on to Fuga, Melodies of Steel. We didn't even bring that up, but you were right. That that game's fantastic. Um, I'm trying to platinum it right now before jumping over to two. Um, and the the concept work for Fuga 3 they showed off, I think, last weekend looks fantastic. Right, right. Um, and they just, they just on Twitter posted, uh, they revealed what the requirements were for, yes, for, um, for getting the hidden gears, which is uh, funny to me because... For the longest time, nobody knew, and like they had an inkling of an idea how, but it was like a, one of the many secrets of the game, uh, which confused me even more because I managed to get both of them on stream uh, or unlock both secret movies on stream without knowing what the conditions were. <laughs> besides, be really freaking good at the game. So, uh, there you go, there you go. But uh, before we go, where can people find you online? What do you kind of have cooking that people can look forward to or cons you have coming up? And also um, talk a little bit about your partner's candle shop. Uh, so my wife's candle shop uh, is Batwick's Candles, and it has uh, it's available as Batwick's Candle Company on Etsy. Uh, I do warn people, though, that uh, it is a side hobby of hers. And so she isn't basically the only time that the candles are available is when she happens to make them and they aren't sold out at conventions that I bring them to. So my <laughs> my imperative to everyone out there is if you want to sample and or purchase my wife's candles, you definitely want to come to one of the conventions that I'm showing up at because uh, she really only opens her shop once we have enough overstock that haven't sold at uh, weren't sold out at conventions. And even then, that overstock happens to go very quickly. So, um, you know, I, I would say the best way to get access to it is to get me invited to one of your local events. Um, hold on, I got to sneeze real quick. Oh, <laughs> uh, dry air. Love California. Um, you can find me on Twitter at VA Sonic Mega, like voice actor Sonic Mega. I'm going to end up sneezing again. I'm going to mute myself this time. All right, let's see if we can get it out without sneezing again. On Twitch is Sonic Mega, S-O-N-I-C-M-E-G-A. Uh, I stream regularly. Do you know whenabouts this is coming out so I can... Uh, this will be out probably mid to later September when I kind of come oh, back then from okay. paternity. Then as soon as you guys hear it, you need to be tuning into my Monu streams because you may only have one or two left before the game comes out on the 21st. That is what I was going to bring up as what's cooking that I can talk about because... I will make sure it's out by then. There's a lot of there's a lot in the pipeline that in terms of VO that I can't talk about. But Twitter or Twitch are the places to be, because as soon as I'm allowed to announce them, that's the place where I make the announcements for right now. Um, But I am extremely grateful because my stream is mostly just a way for me to share my gaming experience and enthusiasm and not a way for me to get like sponsorship or content Mm -hmm. creator, you know, payouts or stuff like that. So I don't really take freebie games for like Raid Shadow and sorry raid shadow legends or stuff like that <laughs> um but uh when they announced Monu, uh the dungeon crawler that's coming out i i went ape shit i was like oh my god this is my bread and butter i would love to be able to showcase this to people uh i've played literally every other dungeon crawler that the publisher company has done before or the developing company mm-hmm. has done before so i reached out to axis and i was like please please can i have an early review copy that i can showcase to the world and hype this game up and they said yes and so uh, the game doesn't come out until September 21st, but I have permission to start streaming it as early as September 5th. So oh, cool. every Tuesday and Wednesday between September 5th and September 20th, uh, I'm going to be focus streaming Manu and talking about everything about the game. Like, like without spoiling too much, because my, uh, I can only start playing it on the 5th, 
I am pretty sure, and I'm gonna like prep a clip ahead of time. I am pretty sure that uh, Manu uses a, a menu sound effect that was previously used in Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Ugh. I'm like willing to put money on the bet that that when I bring the two up and I prep the clip ahead mm -hmm. of time, I'm gonna go, oh my god, this is literally the same sound effect. So. <laughs> perfect perfect uh but thank you to each and every one of you who has listened today be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service as i would really appreciate it if you have an rpg you would like us to feature on an episode tweet at underscore rpg university with the hashtag rpgu with your suggestion or you can share your own favorite rpgs directly with me on twitter at professor rpg as always everybody stay safe stay healthy be kind to one another Go play the Legend of Hero games. Class dismissed.